Live from Detroit, it's the Lowdown on Motown Sports Podcast with your hosts, Dane Williams, Junko Bodie, and Bob Daniele. If you're looking for the best present to take to your mother-in-law's birthday party, you're in the wrong place, dude. We talk Michigan sports here. It's real, it's raw, and there are no punches pulled. What happens when you put a gambler, a rocket scientist, and a radio jock in the same room? Well, we're all about to find out, and it probably won't be pretty. But whatever happens, it will be lively. So grab a brew, sit yourself in your favorite rocker, and take notes, if you're some kind of nutcase. The boys are back in town and talking about the stuff that matters, Motown sports. So let's get to it, people. Here is the host of today's show, Boogie Bob Daniele. Well, hello again, friends. It is time to wake the kids, call your neighbors, gather around your mobile devices. It is time for the Lowdown on Motown Sports Podcast. My name is Bob Daniele, and if you are a regular to this show, thanks for stopping by again. If you're new, welcome and thank you for checking us out. You probably took a look at the cover art of our show and said, Eesh, what nursing home did these three guys escape from? And you were curious enough to hang out with us. So thanks a lot. Uh, it's a been a minute since we've all three of us have been together. So let's introduce the guys. Here we go. Let's start off with Mr. Junko Bodie. What's happening, JB? Hey, Robert. Thank you. Welcome back from Disneyland. Disneyland. I didn't go to Disneyland. Where'd you go? I told you I was going to see the Lions. I said I was going to check out a Mickey Mouse organization. <laughs> Oh, that's fantasy land, yeah. Hey, Dave, we got you there, didn't we? <laughs> no, I did go to Disney World. I checked out Minnie, and I saw how a real Mickey Mouse organization should be run. Now, let's, of course, introduce the scientist of the show, and every show needs a scientist. Mr. Dane Williams, what's up, Blue hey. Dane? Hey, how you doing? I don't know if this show needs a scientist or not, but I'll do my best. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll find one. Let's get right into it, right? okay? Uh, Michigan, MSU, it may not have been pretty, right? And the game, my opinion, might have been a little dull. But Michigan took care of business. They got the job done. I want to hear what you guys think. Well, first of all, you're right about the game. It was not a classic Michigan-Michigan State game. And if you mean by dull, you mean a total domination by one team. You're right. The game was dull. And, and I've Well, got- but I'm also talking about the excitement. Once you get into the red zone, I mean, you got to pound it through. Yeah, absolutely. But they did. I think you said it well, Bob. I think Michigan took care of business against MSU. They showed their identity. They ran the football. They threw it when they needed to. And they came away with a 29-7 victory. Dane and I actually watched the game together. Dane, I know you had a lot to say during the game. I certainly did. Yeah, it was disappointing uh, when they got down to the red zone. I mean, they moved the ball well. You know, overall, I, you know, the thing that I've liked about what Michigan's doing right now is the time of possession. The last few games they've been in, I mean, they've just dominated the time of possession, which means it keeps the ball out of the other team's hands. And I think that's uh, a lot to do with their wins. Now, five field goals, if they would have been a little more creative when they got down inside the Red Sox, is my thing. Yeah, you know, in watching the game, you could see that Michigan was going to be able to rush the ball, and they did for 276 yards. It didn't look like they really wanted to throw it that much, but they still threw it around for 167, which really wasn't all that different than what MSU did. I don't know. And on defense, I mean, some people said, well, in the, in the red zone, did Michigan State, did they have a wrinkle? Did they do something to surprise us? I didn't think so. Did you? 
No, they just loaded the box. I mean, they kind of knew we were going to run it. But the one time we did run successfully with a quorum, you know, but he still had a couple hands on him. I mean, he broke a couple tackles to get in there. So it wasn't real clean going in and they need to be a little more creative down in that red zone. I mean, that said, you know, knowing that they had those extra guys in the box, should Michigan have thrown the ball more? I think so. I definitely think so. Play action, something. Uh, roll JJ out, you know, maybe move Corum. Uh, I know they, they passed for one touchdown, but still, roll him out, roll JJ out, something different. It's just the handoff up the middle. Everybody's going to be on top of that. Yeah, well, you said he threw for one, but he didn't really throw. It was more of a handoff. They kind of pitched it forward and... Blake Corum ran around the end for the touchdown. When I looked at it and I watched the game, I thought to myself, maybe J.J. should throw it more. But then when you watched him in the game, he really didn't have, in my opinion, in terms of pure passing, he had his worst game of the season. I didn't Hmm. think he threw the ball that well. And he missed a bunch of open receivers. Not his greatest game. Although I will say, I thought he made great decisions running the football. So I guess, again, we're nitpicking for a team that won by three touchdowns, right, in a rivalry. Yeah, I know. I was going to say, it was working. So, you know, to your point, it was a dominating game, and it was working. So I don't know how much different they could have been there. Yeah. I mean, there were some key plays in the game, too, right? I mean, when uh, Moody kicked that 50, what was it, 54-yard field goal, Mm -hmm. I thought that was a big moment because, again, another possession where they didn't punt the ball and they got points and it helped widen the lead. Obviously the block punt was huge. Oh, you mean where they tackled with the punter? Yeah. I mean, there, there was no glory in that because the (laughs) snapper was so bad, right? I mean, (laughs) hard to get excited about that. It wasn't like they had game planned for it or something, right? I don't know. I mean, what else, Dane, what else did you see in terms of key plays? Well, I, I just think overall the D played well against the rush again. I mean, they only allowed 37 yards rush. 215 passing, but the 37 yards rushing, I think, was uh, pretty darn good. And, you know, really, when I look at my prediction from last week, I think I said something like 42, 45 to 10. And we take three of those five field goals and turn them into touchdowns, mm-hmm. which they probably should have. I mean, I, was, I think I was pretty close. So the way they moved the ball, I think, certainly met my expectations. I mean, they moved the ball well against uh, Michigan State, just, you know, stalling out in the red zone. They have to fix that before they, they get to Ohio. Really yeah, let's talk, let's talk about the red zone for a second. What do you think is breaking down there? Is it play calling? Is it execution? Is it receivers not getting separation? I mean, in your mind, what, what do you see breaking down on O? Like I said, a lot of it is defense stacking the box, but maybe the O-line just isn't getting off and making the holes like they did earlier in the season. I've been playing a little tougher teams now. Obviously, MSU you know, has their issues on defense, but still a decent defense. You're not making the holes or that's why I think the play action pass down there, well, I think would work pretty well, you know, fake the handoff or uh, leave it up to JJ. Maybe, you know, give them more options down in the red zone. Are you saying that they've never tried anything like that before? I mean, something new, a different wrinkle, something to try. Got, it seems like they've gone down there the last few games Well, they had some success, you know, just continue to run the ball haven't really let J.J. do too many throws into the end zone. I think they need to let him practice that. And this coming week will be a good time to practice that. Well, we say that every week when we're playing one of these weak sisters that we're going to throw the ball, and then all we see him do is run, 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 which run, I, yeah, which I, I think if I were to say one thing I don't like about the way Jim Harbaugh runs and manages a football game, that's what I would say. Now, And, and that's not saying I don't like the way Jim Harbaugh manages games because I do. 
But I do think if he has a shortcoming is that he doesn't work on the things that he needs work on. He rather tries to hone the things that they're good at. And I think you need to do both. So let's talk about MSU for a second. I mean, I thought their defense played pretty well, all things considered. They were in the red zone five times or so, and they didn't get in. So they were pretty stout. Yeah. One of the guys who got suspended, and we're going to talk about the tunnel incident in a little bit. We don't want to beat that up because it's already been beaten up by everybody in America. But that Angelo Gross, their safety, I thought made four or five spectacular tackles where I thought Blake Harm was going to break it for a bigger gain. And, and I thought their linebackers, I thought Winman had a good game. I thought Barrows, their defensive tackle, had an outstanding game. So, I mean, I, I, my hat's off to the MSU defense. I thought they played very well. Any thoughts on their defense, Dane or Bob? Well, you know what? The game could have been a blowout, and it wasn't. So that's a credit to the MSU defense. I think they gave up a lot of yards, you know, running-wise. We were able to run over them now until we got in the red zone. Again, you know, they tightened things up in the red zone, and that, that happens sometimes. But, you know, a couple things there, too. You know, Horn uh, was the offensive player of the week, and guess who was the special team player of the week? Yeah, Jake Booty, <laughs> I saw it. I yeah. Saw it. Well, what could MSU have done better on offense? I mean, if they couldn't get it done on defense, they, you know, they – the game was close for a long time. I mean, we got into the third quarter and MSU was not really out of the game at that point. And all they needed was a couple of offensive sustained drives and they couldn't get them. I mean, what do you think they could have done better? I, I mean, they looked like they went away from the longer pass in the second half. And was that because Michigan made an adjustment and spread out their safeties to the sideline? Or was that they just decided that they needed to do something else? I didn't understand them going away from that. Did you guys have thoughts on that one? I think MSU just need to convert on third downs. You know, there were three and out quite a few times. Mm-hmm. They needed to convert more. They needed to keep the ball longer and, and have a drive, but they couldn't do it. And that was seen in the, you know, the time of possession. So right. what they could do differently, good question. I mean, they were up against a good D. So I think they were just outmanned, outmatched. I don't know what else they could have done differently. Although Thorne feels that saw his post game. And, you know, he just said, you know, we need to play better. Well, okay. (laughs) Yeah, right. Thank you, Mr. Obvious. And I love it when they say we and they mean everybody else. (laughs) Yeah. There's Uh, no I in team. Ain't no we either. (laughs) Ain't no E either. Right, right, right. So let's talk about the tunnel incident for a second here. I know all of America is talking about this. And again, low down on Motown Sports, we're kind of dedicated to both sides of the football. So I, you know, I think that we in particular hate these types of incidents because we all come from house divided. I mean, we want the rivalry to be fun. We want to be able to joke with our kids and, you know, have good hearted wagers and, and enjoy a victory after this. And what happened to the tunnel? I personally did not take any joy from this victory. I was just going to say, nobody should take any joy for what happened to that tunnel. You can't put an entire university at fault for this. So it's a group of players emotions were high and i think what you're getting at junko is that we should tone it down a little bit make it more fun again yeah i think the rivalry needs to be more fun again i mean Mm -hmm. there are some individuals who did some things that were pretty wrong on saturday night and i think those guys not the team not the university but those guys need to be punished right and it needs to be a pretty strong punishment because there were guys that were injured and i think that's going to happen 
But once that does happen, I mean, I, I think we heard, Dane, didn't you say a little while ago that MSU had suspended four and they just suspended another yeah, four guys? They're up to four suspensions. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, they're up to eight now. No, yeah, they're up to they, eight. I'm sorry. That's what yeah. I meant. They, four they plus just four. Yeah. Another, just announced that they suspended another four, right. including their star defensive and uh, who went to linebacker, I believe. Well, yeah, no, I got to tell you, I thought Angelo Gross was one of the best players on the field this past weekend. So I think that's a big loss for MSU, too. And their season is not over and they've got a big game coming up on Saturday against Illinois. So I, I guess my message here to everyone and, and in talking with you guys, I think we share this is that we just want to see this rivalry get a little more fun, a little less. I hate you and a little bit more. I want to beat you. I don't I don't mind. I want to beat you. I, I don't like I, I hate you. Right. Oh, man. Yeah, it's, it is it's, a microcosm of what's going on in this country right now. I mean, right. I don't want to get too deep into it, but it is that way. Yeah, definitely got nasty over the years. You know, and I'll go back, you know, to uh, to Michigan being at MSU, you know, MSU does that arm in arm going down the field and, uh, you know, we still oh, yeah. broke it up and then to go to the middle of the field and just try to rough up the Michigan State, you know, you know, 50 yard line. That wasn't right. I. I'm trying to remember the linebacker's name who did that, but uh, yeah, I will say shame on the security guys in those tunnel who did nothing. Oh my lord! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Michigan needs to hire some better security people. Yeah, uh, no doubt. Well, you, about had it. A, you had to look like a Michigan State cop down there too, and it looked like he was just standing off to the side. Yeah, and and I, and I know they don't want to get involved in team business, but at some point you got to say, hey, this this isn't right. Yeah. So anyway, okay. So enough about that. Let's talk about MSU versus Illinois this weekend. MSU is going in now. Well, it was a 16.5 dog this afternoon. I haven't had a chance to see what the upgraded line is, but I got to imagine now with those four additional players out that the line's going to go up from there. And the over-under is 42.5. And Michigan's down eight guys, including Angelo Grouse and uh, Wyndham. So, I mean, the Ally and I have a lot to play for in this game. I'm trying to figure out where Michigan State goes from here, guys. What do you think? I don't see him winning this game. I really don't. I I don't know how many more games. I think the last time I was doing the podcast with uh, Junko and Tom was here in for Dane, we were going down the rest of MSU's schedule and we didn't see a win in there. Do I recollect that? I mean, it it just seems like they've got a tough road to hoe. Well, we thought that they, it would be tough for them to do. be bowl eligible. I think there was a win or two in there, but I think it, we were talk, we were saying it. Oh, yeah, that's right. We were going to be short for bowl eligibility. Yeah, but you're right. I mean, they, I mean, that's really what they're playing for at this point. And why is it important to be bowl eligible? One is you get the money for the bowl for the university, and two, you get a bunch of additional practices for your young players mm-hmm. and an opportunity in a bowl game to play some guys who are going to play some significant football for you the following season. So I guess that's what MSU's playing for at this point. So the question is now, with those guys out, Illinois is a very proficient running football team. Are they going to be? Is MSU going to be able to stop the run without those guys? Well, that and Isaiah Williams at the wide receiver, I, you know, he was pretty spectacular this last week against Nebraska. So I think with the missing players on the MSU side, they are in big trouble. I just checked the line; it looks like it's fifteen and a half. Oh, it's Man. actually gone down. That's surprising. Mm-hmm. Over under is 41.5. So yeah, that's uh, gone down that, too. Okay. It, moved that, tip, that, yeah. it is interesting. And maybe this doesn't reflect the other four suspensions. Uh, so we'll see. It, it's probably going to change. Uh, yeah. I would say. Okay. I would think uh, MSU is in for a, a tough hoe here, man. It's um, not looking good. 
I've got Illinois 35-7. Could be worse <laughs> now. I kind of did the 35-7 before the last four suspensions, so mm. um, it, it could even be worse than that. Illinois took care of a Nebraska team that I thought was kind of coming back a little bit. They took care of them 26-9 over this past week. So, so okay, am I missing something? Is is Illinois got a, a strong offense? I have it a little lower scoring. I got like a 27 to 10 in favor of Illinois. I, there's nothing wrong with that score, okay. Bob. I mean, that's about where I'm at. I'm at 28-17, Illinois. Although I really, again, and I, you know, I'm optimistic when it comes to Michigan State, and I respect them as a program, and and I'm actually kind of a Peyton Thorne fan. I don't, I like the kid, and I think it's not impossible for Michigan State to rise above this, and and for Mel Tucker to rally his team and say, look, you know, it's us against the world. You know, this is a game we're not supposed to win. Yeah, we didn't win the Michigan game. But, you know, here's our chance at redemption. You know, let's go out and let's chop some wood and let's take care of these guys. They're one, let's make them one-dimensional. Let's take away the run and see if, if Tommy DeVito can beat us passing the football. That would be my take on it. Junko, yeah. I have a new idea for your next book. What's that? Hypothetical <laughs> motivational speeches. Hypothetical, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hypothetical. We're going to put all these together and bind it up and put it on that Amazon bookshelf along with your sports gambling book. <laughs> well, I, I like that idea. How I get to this, Bob, is that I have to motivate my wife to make me dinner every night. So <laughs> How's that work out? Yeah, yeah. I do better with the locker room speeches. Wait, how's your hamburger helper? Is it pretty good? Yeah, exactly right. And I love her to death. She's beautiful and she's a very successful woman, but man, that girl cannot cook. Right. She yeah. makes a hell of a reservation. Yeah, she makes a hell of a reservation. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. Right. Uh, well, okay. the other thing with MSU and Illinois is it's at Illinois. I mean, if it was at MSU, I'd probably be with you guys. I, I kind of give them another touchdown because they're at Illinois. I oh, see yeah. them fired up. But yeah, Dane, when you said 35, I'm going, geez, am I missing something? Because I was a little conservative on their score. So. Yeah, I think Illinois got a really good offense. Uh, Chase okay. Brown's a hell of a running back. Isaiah Williams, like I said, he, he caught a, at least one touchdown pass, I remember, maybe two that I was watching the game off and on. But, you know, so they had a nice win against Nebraska, which, like I say, I thought they were coming back. Maybe Nebraska's, you know. We will have something to watch for. Right? That's, I always come away yeah. from this podcast with something to look out for when when I'm sitting down on a Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening to watch a couple games. So thank you for that. Moving on, let's break down the uh, Michigan Rutgers game coming up this weekend. Talk to me, Junko. Uh, Michigan, a 25.5 point favorite, a very distracted favorite at this point, I must say. Over-unders, 45.5. I cannot see how the ending of the MSU game does not affect Michigan in preparation this week. Hmm. I tell you, I think it's one of the worst things that could have happened to Michigan, I think. The only question really is, is, is Rutgers good enough to be capable of an upset? Right. That's a no. <laughs> well, tell, tell <laughs> me why. Say it right now. Tell me why, Dane. Well, I, they have a, a number of uh, injuries. I mean, their number one quarterback, Samuel Brown, he's out with a season-ending surgery that's taking place on his foot. So he's done. You know, he was really running well at the beginning of the season. Now he's out. Their quarterback, Wimsett is somewhat injured. I guess he's recovering, but I believe he had a, a concussion or a near concussion, and he didn't play that well this past week. I mean, Minnesota beat him 31 nothing. 
So Rutgers had 86 pass yards and 48 rush yards. That was it. Three turnovers and one fumble, two interceptions. I mean, they didn't play well and they're, and they're losing some good players. So I don't see any upset in the making here. I know it's at Rutgers and the last two games have been decided by seven points or less, but Michigan's playing so well right now. Yes, I agree with you, Junko. It is a distraction. I think by Saturday, the distraction will mm-hmm. be over. They're going to move on. I think by Thursday, they're going to move on. They're seeing that Michigan State, you know, Michigan State wasn't taking action. I would say, okay, you know, they might be a little more disturbed about it and it'd be more on their mind. But they, you know, with Michigan State taking action, with the coach Tucker taking action, suspending players, taking this seriously, I think that'll settle them down. And I, I see Michigan winning big. Yeah. Well, you are right. And I, there, you know, I can see, you know, in my first glance at the statistics, Michigan pretty much doubles up Rutgers in a lot of the key categories. And, you know, in the points per game, it's a double up. Michigan's averaging 22 and Rutgers, it's 11. I think we double them up on rushing yards per game. We double them up, nearly double them up on passing yards per game. I see a letdown coming here. But yes, I, the question is, Rutgers just so bad that Michigan sleepwalk through it and still win. I, was I guess we'll say, find out. It might be a letdown for them, but is Rutgers up for the upset? And I'm I'm getting a no from both of you guys. I would agree. I would okay. agree. Yeah, you get you're getting. I don't think so from me. I wouldn't say <laughs> no. Right? Any predictions? Go ahead, Dan. Give them your score. Well, I think it's gonna be. Uh, Big on, on Michigan's part. I've got 45 to nothing. I mean, if, if Minnesota can shut out Rutgers, I think our defense is definitely better than Minnesota's. Even though, you know, it's at home, I know they played at Minnesota. I still see us shutting them out, doing the same that Minnesota did to them also. So, you know, and when I look at rushing yards that Minnesota had against them, 253 rushing yards. I think Corum is better than Ibrahim. So, yeah, and I see Harbaugh just running the ball. And I see a big night of rushing, you know, maybe 100, 150 yards of passing, but a big night of rushing against this Rutgers team. Junko, the love affair between Dane and the Golden Gophers knows no bounds. It knows no bounds. I mean, yeah, he's, he's got gopher love, man. <laughs> hey, hey, yeah. they bounced back, baby. Yes, they did. <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> they, they bounce around a lot, Dane. Yeah, so I got I got Michigan winning 35 to 10, and I'm going right with the Vegas line, 25 points. The over-under is 45.5. That puts them right on both numbers. I just don't see Michigan running it up here. I see Harbaugh maybe playing Stokes a little bit more in the backfield. I see him getting some of those young offensive linemen some reps. I see Colson Loveland playing a lot in this game, the true freshman tight end. I think. If Harbaugh is as smart as I think he is, he's going to see this game as an opportunity to get J.J. in a rhythm passing. I hope that happens. I really would like that to see that. That would be nice that. to see. And I get a lot of people who come who will say to me, hey, are you in that camp that thinks that we have to throw the ball over the field? No, but we need to be able to throw it when we need to throw it. We need to have done it before. We don't want to get into a big game, and now all of a sudden we got to throw it around the ballpark, and we haven't done it all season, right? I think we need to take this game and use them as a scrimmage for the bigger fish. 
So we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. But probably what will happen is Harbaugh will line them up and they'll run the ball 55 or 60 times in this game. I don't know. First, let me say that Piscataway is a lovely town. I spent a week there one day. Uh, <laughs> the uh, final score I have is Michigan 42, Rutgers 6. I don't think they get in the end zone. We'll, we'll see what happens. But that's, that's pretty good. So good. Got something to look forward to. Let's take a break. We'll towel ourselves off here for a second. And... We'll be back after we hear this from Sport Hitters. So what's it like playing Sport Hitters? Whether you're at your favorite bar or just anywhere. Sport Hitters' unique challenge brackets offers players a new way to play. Sport Hitters allows you to pick your teams and challenge friends, family, and rival players all for real money. And best of all, now it's every sport, every day. You can get the app exclusively at sporthitters.com. Sport Hitters, challenge on. And we are back. All right. This is the part of the program that I just love, okay? This is where the rubber meets the road, and we ask the question, where did Junko make his butt? (laughs) So, JB, let us know. Yeah, you know, I had a... First of all, I just want to say, and this is for Tom, who's not on the podcast this week, but has been in two past weeks. I was in two different sport hitter challenges with him this week, and I won both challenges. So, Tom, I just want to say <laughs> thanks for the cash, brother. It's going to go to a good cause, right? I spent Actually, I spent most of it Saturday night with Dane at Buffy's drinking beer during the Michigan game. Oh, so um, you're in a deficit yeah, a right time. now. Yeah, that was a, that was a you good time. You owe money. They still got some more dishes to wash there. Um, <laughs> the good thing about Duffy's, it's two for one all the time. So. Yeah, that was that was a beautiful thing, right? Oh, my God. I love <laughs> even, that place. Even for I'm the coming big down. Ones. Right, that was fun. So I was two and two last week on the games I gave out. I had the Ohio State Buckeyes covering. I don't know what I'm doing, betting on the Buckeyes. And once again, they let me down. They did not cover against Penn State in Unhappy Valley. But Clint Eastwood was right when he said, it, you know, during the outlaw Josie Wales, when he's in the cabin, you know, with Sandra Locke and he looks at her and he goes, you know, when things look bad and you think you're not going to make it, you, that's when you got to get mean, plumb mean. And no matter what happens, you just got to keep going forward because it's neither right nor fair. That's just how it is. <laughs> right. Well, let me that's tell you, I, 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 they were in a battle for, yeah. for half the game. They were in a battle yeah. and they just kept on going. That's a, True statement by Mr. Clint Eastwood. Thank you, sir. The Buckeyes were able to hold on and went out. Penn State, they had a couple Penn State moments, and they ended up losing and not covering. I did have TCU over West Virginia. I'm sorry, Debbie. TCU did cover. (laughs) I was expecting that to happen. It was actually, that was actually a better game than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, it was a better game for a while, right? Yeah, for a while. And then I had Nebraska get seven and a half at home against Illinois. And I really did think Nebraska would play better and they didn't. So I lost that game, but I also had MSU plus the points in the rivalry game. Michigan won by three touchdowns, but they did not win by 23 and a half. So I covered the spread in that game and won that game also. So to all my Michigan friends who say you bet against Michigan. Yes, I did this week (laughs) because that point spread was too big. So this week, Looking ahead to this week, week 10 of the NCAA season, I like Michigan over the points this weekend, 45.5. I know I said 35-10, but, you know, if Michigan has half a game, half a game, they'll score almost 45 points by themselves. And if they do have a, a true letdown, who knows? Rutgers might even score a couple touchdowns and help them. 
So Michigan over 45.5 this week. And one of the biggest games, well, the biggest game of the college football season, I got Tennessee getting the nine at Georgia. I think Tennessee's too good of a football team to have a nine-point spread against Georgia. And Georgia, to be honest, this year's version of Georgia is not as good as last year's version of Georgia, I don't think. And They, uh, they had at least one close game in there. So, yeah, right. I, I, I don't think they're blown up people like they did last year. Yeah. No, so I really like Tennessee plus the nine points. And then I'm also going to take a rising Maryland team that are getting five and a half points at Wisconsin. I would have almost thought Maryland would have been favored in that game, but they're a 5.5 yeah, dog against a really lousy Wisconsin team. Uh, as long as Tua stays healthy, Maryland should cover in that game. That is an intriguing bet. It really is. Let's one last uh, thing on college. You go know, right ahead. I, I know Tom's not here with us, but, you know, he was talking about Iowa last week, and, you know, Randy, you, I, and him, and eight other guys were going to take on Iowa. But, uh, you know, Iowa looks like they found some offense. You know, they beat up on lowly Northwest, and they scored 33 points. I just wanted to, you know, that's a shout-out to Tom there. I was on another podcast with Tom this afternoon, and I told him, I said, I told you Iowa was going to cover. I said, I don't know why you were ranting last week about it. And fortunately, <laughs> he lost cash on that game. And I said, should have given the cash to me like you did on these sport hitter challenges. By the way, for those of you that don't know the Tom they're referring to is uh, Tom Mitchell, who is the founder and CEO of Sport Hitters. And he pinch hits for us uh, from time to time. And he's, he's a lot of fun on this show. Um, shout out to Tom. Thanks a lot for helping out. He's um, a lot more fun than Junko, I'll say that. Well, <laughs> I got more hair. That's why I'm on the he's show. Got, right? Yeah, but you know what, Dane? He's got something that Junko does not have, a personality. Oh, so, oh, oh yes. that hurts, Boogie Bob. That hurts. Yeah, this yeah, is, this is like Michigan, that. Michigan State now. Hey, wow. you know, we're just busting balls. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's get into this. The uh, frustration and disappointment that is the Detroit Lions. Before we do, how about a little palate cleanser with some Lions trivia? Are you ready for that, boys? We're ready. We're ready. All right. The next opponent for the Lions is going to be the Green Bay Packers. This is a rivalry that started in 1930 when the Lions were still in Portsmouth, Ohio. And there have been 185 total meetings, including playoffs. Now, tell me how many playoffs have there been? Out of 185 games. Tom gave us multiple choice questions. Yeah, yeah. So how many playoffs between the two teams? Is that what you're asking? That's correct. Yes. Okay. Five. I'm going to say seven. You guys, I love your optimism. There have been two. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, the early lines yeah. were a little better. <laughs> yeah, but there weren't, there weren't playoff systems back then. Yeah, that, well, that's true. That's true. See? Now, here's the thing, though. Here is an interesting fact. And you guys can guess this one, too. Who has the longest winning streak between the two teams? Consecutive wins. It's got to go with Packers. No, I'm going to say, no, I'm going to say it's the Lions. Made the 50s. It is the Lions. Lions. Yeah. yeah. It's the Lions from 1949 to 1954. Bobby Lane. How about that? Uh, yeah. It was uh, 11 games to 10. See? So it's close, right? <laughs> right. So close. Yeah. Right. Close and counting. So here we are. And, and this was the one thing when we looked at the Lions season at the starting point, I said, I just don't want to fall into that state of apathy. And 
there is a signpost up ahead that says, welcome to the state of apathy. Cause that's where I'm at. I'm finding it very hard to care about this team this year. What are your thoughts? It's impossible to care about. Do you see what they did today? They traded Hawkinson. Can you believe that? For a second and third round draft choice. And they gave up two fourths. This just tells me they've given up on the season, of course. And they're just doing a re the the rebuild is now a deeper rebuild. I, you know, they fired their defensive back coach, Aubrey Pleasant, this week. They should have fired their defensive backs. Yeah. I look at this team and just when you think they can't get any worse, they start doing stupid things off the field. I mean, at any point when they were, even when they were up 14 to nothing this week, did you think they were going to win the game? Not after those penalties to start the second half. What were they? Three penalties in a row. They can't play a complete game, right? You know that, and, and, you know, so it reminds me of a joke. What, what is the difference between the Lions and a dollar bill? <laughs> what? You can still get four quarters of a dollar bill. Uh-huh. 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 I, I do like that one. Boy, but you know what's funny about that is there. like when the Lions at the end of last year were stringing some wins together, everybody was touting how great this defensive coordinator was, Aaron Glenn. And there was a time where he was a head coaching candidate. Now, I don't know if he can get a job as an usher. Is he going to last the season? That's the question. I mean, this, well, this team defensively is a train wreck. Yeah. I mean, is it is it the yeah. personnel? Are the guys really that bad? I mean, a Warrior, Parker, and Okuda, like they couldn't cover a fire with a blanket. You know, well, I mean, Okuda's probably the best of a bad bunch. Hey, Okuda, he, Okuda can tackle. He can't cover, but he can certainly tackle. Mm-hmm. He's the only NFL cornerback since at least 1994 to produce a game with 15 total tackles and a tackle for a loss, and that was against Dallas. But he, he can't cover, but he is a pretty damn good tackler. So, well, so right, yeah, right so we'll trade he catches the ball in front of him, he tackles him. Yeah, great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. We, need, we need more guys <laughs> like that. Right. Uh, get us uh, out. Geez, well. Out. Please. They're playing the Packers, and let's just let's just see what happens there. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, an interesting team. Their record may not show it. They're two and six, but I think the Pistons are going to be fun to watch as the season goes. I hope. Yeah, yeah it was now, a really actually a, a really nice game for the Pistons. They're forced all five starters. Well, four of the five starters had more than twenty points, and the other one had like eighteen points. They had good play off the bench from Isaiah Livers and a couple other guys. They got a really young and fun team to watch offensively they're really good i mean they don't have a true power forward on this year's team i mean i guess you could say bogdanovich is playing that role and they're calling isaiah livers a power forward although he was a small forward at michigan so they've got some holes in their lineup and there's some things that they're going to have to fix you know probably at the trade deadline this year or during free agency or the trap next year but i gotta tell you this team really can score it and if once they learn how to play team defense which they have no clue about right now. Mm-hmm. They're going to be a really good basketball team. And the, the great thing about this is if you're going to do a rebuild, this is how you do it. You get yeah. really young, talented guys. You get them together. You let them play. You let them make mistakes. You figure out what's wrong with them. Then you add pieces to help them. And that seems to be what's going on in Detroit and in the, in the NBA. It is promising. And I'll tell you what, they hung tough against the Bucks last night. The Bucks were 6-0. and Yeah, and, they're the best team and in the league. They all yeah. they almost beat them. But again, you know, young teams lose those kind of games. 
Yeah. Even though they are competitive. To me, that was a moral victory to watch them play like that. And and and, and having them beat Golden State. I mean, they're back to back, right? Oh, and yeah. They're playing yeah, on, no. one of the best teams in the oh, NBA yeah. and they, they almost beat them both. I mean, that was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it'll be fun. And then the, the Red Wings. Want to talk about the Red Wings for a little bit? Dane, well, any we, observations? Yeah. Well, we talk about the Pistons, you know, on the positive. I'd rather talk about Michigan hockey. (laughs) (laughs) They are currently number one in the nation, okay? Two wins over uh, Western Michigan, and Western Michigan's a very solid team. I think they're ranked like 14th, 12th or 14th, and really gave them a a battle. And so it was a home-and-home series, and they they took both games. So congratulations, Michigan hockey. I think they're 7-1 and right now or something like that, so uh, playing well. And, folks, that's Uh, why we call him Blue Dane. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I'm really glad that Junko puts together these prep sheets, right? Because <laughs> you took a severe left turn from that. <laughs> I, I, I do that to Junko on purpose, buddy. <laughs> Red Wings took a, a hard loss last yeah. night. I think it was uh, eight to three against Buffalo. But, uh, you know, they're four, three and two. And again, another young team, another rebuild. But those third period collapses are, are going to kill them. I mean, four goals in the third period yeah. against Buffalo. Yeah. But don't forget Maybe. the two teams they've lost to the last two nights have been two of the best teams in the NHL. So I like where they're headed to. I don't like the excuses. Okay, so they, they got to <laughs> go play, I mean, eight to three. And they got blown out, right? I know. They've yep, lost yep. the last, you know, the last three of four. They only had 18 shots on goal against Buffalo. And Buffalo had 46 shots on goal. I mean, it's very one-sided against these better teams. And so they've, they've got to find out a way to play a little better against these teams. And like Bob said, third period meltdown. So, so they got scores, scores, you know, in spite of, in spite of the game last night, uh, they do have goal scores. It's just defense is a question again. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Bob, I I know you're moving toward the show close here, but I do want, Mm -hmm. there is some breaking news I want to put out there. So the breaking news. So we record this on Tuesday night, right, guys? So we're at 745 local time for us. And we just saw that the college football rankings are out. This is the first one that determines who is going to be in the playoff. Well, I think we have four or five more rankings left to go here before the season end. This first ranking, the week 10 ranking has Tennessee in the number one spot. Ohio State at number two. Georgia at number three. They have Clemson. Oh, my God. At number four, Michigan at five, Alabama six, and TCU, Oregon, SC, and LSU to round out the top ten. So Michigan at five in in this poll, which I think having Clemson ahead of them is ridiculous. (laughs) But, you know, when it comes down, they must have just seen that, you know, and I knew they were going to look at strength of schedule. They must have figured Clemson had a stronger. Yeah, they barely beat Syracuse, and you know, and they play Wake Forest, who's ranked like, 14th is going to get slaughtered again this week. Uh, anyway, this will play itself out because Michigan plays Ohio State coming up and yep. Georgia mm-hmm. and Tennessee play this week. So next week's <clears throat> rankings are going to look a whole lot different. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I, it is interesting. You got you got Tennessee number one, right? They have Tennessee number one. I, again, I guess yeah, it's basically on one. strength of schedule. Well, I yeah. would tell Tennessee, enjoy your one week at number one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh. Good. We'll talk more about this as the weeks come on. It's going to be a lot of fun. But you know what? It's been a good show, guys. And I want to thank all the loyal listeners out there that check in and listen to this podcast. You guys rock. Thanks for being a part of it. 
This is also part of Junko Bodhi Productions and an exclusive production of the Lowdown on Motown Sports Network. Please keep sharing the podcast. That's how we grow. Thanks for listening, and we will see you all next week on the next edition of the Lowdown on Motown Sports Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Lowdown on Motown Sports Podcast. If you're liking what you're hearing, then why don't you do us a solid and hit that follow button and share our podcast with fellow friends who love Motown sports. That helps others find the show. And, you know, we're pretty awesome, so why not share the awesomeness? We appreciate it. Again, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you in the next episode of the Lowdown on Motown Sports Podcast.